All right. Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Major League Podcast. My name is John Tolley, and I am joined by my two co-hosts, Ben and Mike. Guys, how are you today? Absolutely wonderful. Uh, doing well, thanks. Awesome. Awesome. Well, after some technical difficulties last week, we apologize for that. Uh, we are back with yet another episode, and uh, Mike, let's start off with just a little short little thing. Um, I thought this would be a good palate cleanser before we get into the main topic that we're going to be talking about today is you wanted to talk about the number of no hitters we've had this season because we've had a lot of no hitters this season. And is it good for baseball as a whole? Um, yeah, I mean we're we're through or we're not even through the month of May yet, and we already have six no hitters this season. And to me, while I love the excitement of watching a no hitter, mm-hmm. it's to me it's kind of an indictment on the offensive side of the game, where yeah, literally yeah. every night for the better part of a week, you're getting alerts on your phone with. You know, this pitcher hasn't allowed a hit through five. This pitcher hasn't allowed a hit through seven. You know, MLB Network is switching their feed to, um, you know, games that aren't even their primary broadcast because there's a, a pitcher who is making an attempt at a no-hitter. And yeah. to, to me, I, I mean, this just kind of screams that the offense in the game today is just flat-out horrible. Well, or do you think we're maybe getting to another dead ball era, like we had in the in the the, the teens and uh, leading up into the early twenties? Where that is, see that that is a great question, and you know. I th- I do think that the changes to the baseball this year have had something to do with it, but I also I believe that the you know the era that we're in of analytics and launch angle and you know teams readily accepting a guy going one for five if that one is a three-run homer instead of, you know, three for five with two singles and a double. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, if you and if you look back on the 2019 season prior to the the COVID-shortened 2020 season, strikeouts in Major League Baseball were at an all-time high. And it just seems like that trend is carried over into this year and the ones that are really benefiting from it the most are the pitchers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Years ago, now not that long ago, um, I was I had the fortune of sitting at a minor league baseball game with an old time scout, and he said, "Now, mind you, this was in the 2010s. I mean, this was like 2016 or so, right? So, you know." Not that long ago, right? But he said the problem is the kids now, like all these kids can throw, they're great pitchers. You Mm -hmm. have great pitchers coming out of high school and college. Um, And I, I, you know, I think, honestly, that's part of it. I also think that, um, and I think we touched on this in the episode that shall never air, but the, um, I think part of the problem is we have, um, 
like the analytics had taken over. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So go back and look at those doubles and those triples. A lot of them, they get just out of the range of the, the glove mm -hmm. or, you know, and now you, you don't, cause of the computing power, you know, you can, and I wonder even if you can have, if you can have a computer and the computer can tell you, right, this is how big your shortstop needs to be. Like not where the shortstop you have now is, but in the future, right? This is how big your shortstop needs to be. Like how tall, the wingspan, yeah. all that. The range, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wonder if that's where we're headed. Where you can literally pick out, okay, we need to get this kind of a shortstop or that kind of a left fielder or yeah, whatever. Well, oh, it, it could absolutely happen. And we were talking about this a little bit before you got on 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 uh, on with us, Mike. But the other thing about you know, is it good for baseball? You know, will it help the game? You know, is it bad for baseball? And a lot of that, I mean, depends on what type of baseball you like. You know, do you like mm -hmm. the pitcher duels? Do you like the low? Or do you like, you know, we were talking about um, with the, and we don't want to get into the whole steroid thing, but, you know, during that time period, you know, during the McGuire era, the Sosa era, that, that era, you know, let's be honest, home runs are sexy. Right. People love the home, people love yeah. the long ball. Chicks you know? did the long ball, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, there is something. It also depends, you know, on how fast the pitcher is going. You know, is it a pitcher, you know, you have a no-hitter going into the eighth inning. Is he? Is it a no-hitter where he's doing a lot of foul, you know, throwing a lot of foul balls, you know, people are fouling it off, grounding out, or is it just one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three? You know, well, I think, like I think that. that yeah, and I think that's a it's a fascinating question because, you know, the other piece of this is, you know, we're very much in the era of pitch counts and yeah. managers who won't let starting pitchers go beyond 110, 115, 120 pitches. Yet you see guys, you know, because they haven't given up a hit are being allowed to go to 130, 135, 140 to be able to finish out a no-hitter. Mm -hmm. And what does that do to them over the course of the rest of the season? Yeah. You know, that kind of remains to be seen, but, I, I mean, take a look at the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, they had a uh, – I'm going to blank on his name. Was it John Means, I think his name was, that threw a no-hitter uh, about two weeks ago. Mm. And they went 2-13 and 13 in their next 15 games after that. Yeah. Like it just it didn't do anything to 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 really get the team on the right path, and you know, granted that's an isolated case, but um, you know, it's it's to me it's it's just very wild in the sense that you know, like you said, the you know, offense sells tickets. Yeah. Yes, you know, the the Major League Baseball has sort of dumbed the ball down a little bit this year, but to be you know, not even at Memorial Day weekend yet with this many no hitters into the, you know, into the season. It's just outrageous. So here's, this is something that, uh, this is kind of in this, uh, I don't know, in the same vein, but 
something I've been wondering about of something that we used to see a lot of that we don't see a lot of now, especially when I was growing up, is stolen bases. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up a Cardinal fan of the 80s. So for me, well, other, you know, I, I, think, I think I mentioned this to Ben in one of our first episodes. Well, other kids were pretending that they were hitting, no, you know, hitting home runs or um, throwing no hitters or perfect games. I was pretending that I was stealing 100 bases in a season. You were Vince you know? Coleman. Yeah, I was Vince Coleman. You know, <laughs> I grew up with like Vince Coleman, you know, watching Ricky Henderson, these great guys. Do you think we'll ever see that again? Or a guy will steal that many bases in a season? No. And if not, not why? Is the game I, just change that I much? Don't think, I don't think we're going to see that again. And here's why. Um, Ronald Acuna plays center field. Or, and he should be batting leadoff, right? Right. And he does. But he is... I mean, he's going to have... Ricky Henderson's records. When he hangs him up, he's going to be the the offensive leadoff hitter, uh, you know, par excellence, extraordinaire, whatever you want to call it. And I think he's going to revolutionize the game. See, I'm going to disagree with you, Ben, if for no other reason that he's not going to bat leadoff his entire career. I feel like at some point the Braves are going to move him down to either the three hole or the four hole to get more RBI opportunities for him. Yeah. And I think John to, to your question, I think Ben sort of took us down the primrose path. I think the reason that you're never going to see stolen base numbers like that again is because one is to, to Ben's point guys like Acuna and other, you know, call them, you know, speedsters. They all for power now. I mean, there, yeah. there's very there's very few few pure stolen base guys. I mean, the last one I could think of really was Billy Hamilton. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's very few pure stolen base guys. And you, uh, uh, probably, probably also like I don't know if we'll ever see you know that style of you know quote unquote whitey ball again. Right. Yeah. That and single single have, single single double single double single double and just move down the line. Right. You know, and then the the other piece of this is that there's not many guys, you know, like a Vince Coleman, Ozzie Smith, Willie McGee, Terry Pendleton, who all had the green light because what he trusted them. Whereas guys nowadays, if they get thrown out on the base paths, they get chewed out because they're taking the bat out of someone else's hands. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we sell it in this, you know, in this market tonight where, you know, Jazz Chisholm from the the Marlins got thrown out to end an inning stealing third, and he got thrown out leading off an inning trying to stretch a single into a double against the Phillies. And Don Mattingly was in his ear both times because he he cost them innings and he took the bat out of other guys' hands. Yeah, yeah. So Ben, I I think to to your point, you have a guy like Okunia who you know, very easily could break Ricky Henderson's record for, you know, home runs by a leadoff hitter all time. But I don't think he's going to bat leadoff for more than another year or two because there's just, there's going to be more RBI opportunities for him down further down in the lineup. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds batted leadoff pretty much the entire time he was with the Pirates. 
And as soon as he went to the Giants, he dropped down to the three hole, and the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, plus the I can say this categorically that the Braves aren't exactly prisoners of their own history. So it's, <laughs> no, it's not like not. they would. Well, it's not like they would look at this and say, "Oh my God, if we can keep him in the leadoff hit role for just a few more years, he could have Ricky Henderson's numbers." I mean, maybe I'm just a baseball geek. I don't know, but I think it's nothing wrong with way. that. I think we all are. Yeah, yeah. that's why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> Uh, well, moving along to the, I guess you could say the meat of the program, something I wanted to talk about is something that every so often comes about um, with either baseball fans or just people talking in general is expansion. Um, generally, like, is it a good, you know, at this point, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And then we're also let's talk about some potential cities um, that baseball could move to now. And so the last expansion was true expansion. I'm not talking about, let's kind of clarify, I'm not talking about relocation. Mm -hmm. Because that's something completely different. So I'm not talking about... The Expos moving to uh, Washington or anything like that. I'm talking about a brand new team being created, which I think was that was that Tampa Bay or was that the the Rockies and the Marlins? The, Ro- the Rockies Bay. and the Marlins were 93. So when yeah. did Tampa Bay come in? 98. With, yeah. Uh, Arizona. Okay, so t- with Arizona, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. When so here's one thing I've I've been I was kind of wondering about with the whole with the whole expansion team. When does a team cease to be an expand? Is when do you can, can no longer consider a team an expansion team? Is there a period of time, or is it when they've won a championship, or you know, because would you consider Tampa Bay still be, to be an expansion team? No, absolutely. no, absolutely no. not. I think my um, my thinking on that is you get five years. Five years. Because, and okay. and the, re- the reason for that is let's just say you, you know, as an expansion team, you have to put together an entire minor league system. Mm-hmm. And you're doing a lot of that through the minor league expansion draft, free agents, you know, yeah. signing players off the street, things like that. But you also have you know, at some point you're going to participate in your first draft. Yeah. So I think you need to allow for sufficient time for the players from your first draft to make it to the majors. So to me, I I would say that's probably four or five years. Hmm. Okay. Now, granted, that's, that's my opinion, but I, I think, I think five years is, is sort of the honeymoon period for an expansion team. Yeah. Uh, What do you think? I would say, I would say it's not so much a period of time as it is when you hire the first GM and when the hunt, when in the market, when the honeymoon period of the GM is over or whoever pulls the strings in the market right 
So it's not necessarily an on-the-field situation. It's when the market itself starts to realize, oh, this is how our team really is, right? Or we have we have expectations now or whatever, right? So That's logical. So, like, yeah. you know, like, think about, like, the first couple of years or whatever, like, you're just happy to be there. You as a fan, right? Mm-hmm. Not you, the, the player. You as a fan are just happy to be there. You're happy to eat the popcorn. You're happy to look around. Oh, look, there's so-and-so. And he's playing in my against my team. And he's in my town and yada, yada. And then yeah. you, by, like, by like year three, you're going to start asking questions. You're going to start, why didn't we do that? Why did we do this? Why didn't we do that? You know? Mm-hmm. Things like yeah. things of that nature. Um, you know, okay. it's like the the on the job training that a lot of these GMs get starts to get called in the question, or starts to you start to ask questions of it, basically. So I think. so then this uh, I think begs the question, and uh, again, this is you know speculative as to what you truly consider an expansion team. So um, let's talk about. From all the teams from the from like the the 1960 expansion um, through through the last expansion in '98, what do you consider the most successful expansion team? Oh, it's got to be the Marlins. I mean, they, they, Marlins. they won. Yeah, they won two World Series. Two World Series. And, yeah, and one of those years they they weren't an expansion team because of the roster, but yeah, they might as well have been. I mean, had right. they not blown everything up and. Well, I mean, what about the, and I know mentioning this team to both of you guys might not be smart, but what about the Mets in the late 60s? I mean, that was basically an expansion team at the time. And to win a World Series that after that short of a time after being created, um, you got to put them up there for being a, I mean, I know that you don't really, people may not consider the Mets an expansion team, but technically they were. So that's that's an interesting question then, though, because then you start comparing, I guess it's the, the 69 Mets Yeah. in, I guess that would have been year seven or year eight. Year seven. Okay, so not okay. quite an expansion team then by then. Right, but I mean, so it's, but that may have been the bigger accomplishment because the expansion draft wasn't as robust and they won the world series with a lot of homegrown players. I mean, to, to Ben's point, the Marlins won a world series with, you know, essentially an expansion roster Mm -hmm. blew it up and then won another world series with a free agency roster. Yeah. You know, they, they've had very few homegrown talents on those World Series teams. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Charles the Johnson is the only one I can yeah. think of. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a good call. Um, um, but I mean, Rhea, um, as members yeah. serves. Right. But there's, you know, there's, there's a few, but there's not many. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, maybe the, you know, maybe the 69 Mets is the bigger achievement, but, um, you know, well, it's funny then, because I, I'm I'm kind of of the opinion, and I, I don't know if you want to sort of make this left turn here, but my thoughts on expansion are are that right now, if you look at the quality of baseball being played across the major leagues, mm-hmm. 
I don't think we should be talking expansion. I think think we should be talking combination, relocation, or perhaps contraction. Mm. When I got your message today, Mike, Mm. here's what I thought. And my thinking was, you know, one, and this is not a word of a lie. I don't remember. It was before COVID. Mm Mm-hmm. I was watching my phone. I was looking at my phone, looking at some highlight of the Braves, and then the Marlins came up because it was the next video or whatever. And I looked at that stadium, and it was amazing. I mean, you joke about the Expos in Montreal having no fans. Yeah. People joke about that. Right. There was literally nobody. There was literally nobody who wasn't paid to be there. Mm-hmm. In that Marlin Stadium. And you have the same thing going on right now in Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. You have the same thing going on right now in Oakland. Mm -hmm. Now, we've talked about this before with Tampa Bay. It amazes me with Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay is not a bad team. Tampa Bay is a good team. No, they're not. They're they're not a bad team at all. But I I think the problem is their stadium is just so bad for baseball. We've talked about this before, too, is if you look at the ratings in Tampa for the Rays, they do good ratings on TV and the radio. People Mm -hmm. listen to the game and people watch the game. They just don't go to the game. Right. Yeah. I mean, but could that be Florida? Could it be that Florida is just not a good... Uh, baseball pl- place for baseball. That's other than for well, spring training, maybe. I think part of the problem is I've lived in Florida for a minute and a half, and everybody you meet in Florida, quick, everybody- quick run, get in, get out, get done. <laughs> well, I, I was there for a year, All right. so okay. You can play baseball basically year round, right? In yeah, Florida. So a lot of people, it's they're knowledgeable about baseball. They're really knowledgeable about it. The thing about being knowledgeable about something is you're picky, mm-hmm. right? You're really picky, and you're going to be like, hey, there's a kid I know in the next town over that can hit that curveball better than, I don't know, you, you can. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And maybe yeah. they're right. You know, maybe that's the thing. Maybe they're right. Well, I think I think that's I mean that's definitely got something to do with it. And then I think the other piece of this with Tampa at least, and, and I do want to come back and revisit your point about Miami, Ben, but with Tampa, I, I think a big piece of this is because the Yankees spring training home is in Tampa and because the Yankees have a minor league affiliate in Tampa, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the Yankees are basically the Dallas Cowboys of major league baseball and yeah. the, the Yankees cut into a big portion of the race fan base. Yeah. And then you also have the blue Jays with a, a minor league team in Dunedin and the Phillies with a minor league team in Clearwater. They're all, you know, within a, uh, you know, a, a couple of, long, yeah. you know, long Callaway drivers from, from Tampa. So yeah, it's, um, well, well that, and I think the, you said it, the audience right. there gets watered down. Yeah. And, and you're I talking mean, you around before, oh, God. the, the, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, the, no, the stadium no, you go there isn't that good. 
It's right. out of town. It's, you know, people have said, you know, the biggest complaint people I've heard people say is it's so difficult to get to. Traffic is always horrendous trying to get there, even on a good day or when there's not a game going on. So I think people will just say like, you know, I'm just going to stay home. I'm not even going to bother fighting traffic to get to the game. And I'm just going to, you know, so I know there's been, I've heard there's been talk about actually moving the team into Tampa proper and outside of St. Pete. Because right now it's in St. Petersburg, technically, of actually moving the team into Tampa Bay and, you know, but then again, that 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 is on the taxpayers. Do the ta- you know? Do the taxpayers want to have to fit the bill for a new stadium? Right. Or I... mm-hmm. go ahead. Or you know, the other the other, the other choice is they stay where they're at, or they move out of Tampa. See, I think if you want to talk about expansion or contraction or moving or whatever. As a, as a product, as a league-wide product, right, it looks bad to play baseball in an empty building, mm. in a, literally in an empty building. I, I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm not talking about, like, 10 people. I mean, there was literally nobody there. It was so weird. Mm-hmm. It was like COVID before COVID. <laughs> and I was nobody there. And... If you're talking about a league-wide product, you've got to solve that. And if that means move it out of Miami or move it out of move it somewhere else or wherever, then you got to do that. So, so I would like I yeah. would like to see Miami actually have a good team in that you know new palace of a stadium to mm. see what sort of attendance they could draw before you you know sort of put the hammer in the coffin or the, the you know, the nail in the coffin yeah. in Miami. But well, I, I mean, think personally, like to me, major league baseball with, you know, an odd number of team, you know, 30 teams and, and an odd number of teams in, in each league, you know, that kind of falls back on our, um, or actually not an odd number of teams in each league, but a, a different number of teams in each league, I should say, mm-hmm. Um, sort of leans back to what we were talking about last week with the you know the interleague play, and it seems like there's always interleague games going on now. I would love yeah. to see uh, a you know a version of Major League Baseball where there's 28 teams. You have 14 in the American League, 14 in the National League. I would love to see Tampa and Miami combined. And have them, you know, have the organization play in Miami and see what happens. You know, I, I would love to see Oakland, you know, have to, you know, no longer have to fight that fight and play in the, you know, absolutely abysmal Oakland Coliseum. You know, combine them with Arizona or, you know, pick another team that's not drawing well because they, they need an influx of talent. Yeah. You know, take those you know, take those, those two teams and, and knock it down from, you know, from 30 to 28 realign so that you get 14 teams in each league and then go at it. Yeah. Well, I, think I think we're all, thing... oh, go ahead. Sorry. I think we're all old enough to remember when they thought about contraction. Yes. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Where 
I think his name was Carl Poulad or Polad or whatever was was trying to be bought out by mm-hmm. uh the owners. Um and I think the reason they didn't do it uh, over and above the black eye and blah 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 was that pole it was expensive. Yeah. It was it was it was too expensive. And if it was that expensive in 99 or 2000, think about 21 years later. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to combine a team with another team, you're going to have to buy out an owner. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. True. I think in yeah. going I mean going back for just one one last time, I think the other thing uh with any team in Florida is with a lot of these teams, with the exception of maybe like an LA um, with the Dodgers, baseball is is the thing to do during the summer. Whereas you you live in Florida, there are so much things to do in Miami other than go to see a baseball game. Mm-hmm. There's so much thing other things to do in Tampa other than to go see a baseball game. You know, you live in St. Louis. Yeah, you can go to the museum. You can go do you know, all these other things. But really, the only thing to do in St. Louis during the summertime, if you're living there, is to go see a Cardinals game. Um, yeah. You know, say, you know, a lot of these things they might have other things that like big cities do. But going to see a sports thing, sports, sports, sporting event is a big deal. Whereas in Florida, I don't think it's that big of a deal. There's so much other things to be entertained by other than going to see sports. That's a great point. Well, you know, and I think, I think, you know, there's talk about moving, you know, to Las Vegas. And I think, you know, yes, the night, the, the, the Vegas nights are doing great. You know, um, it's still early to tell with the Raiders, also, you know, just because of COVID last year to see how the Raiders will do. But you, you look, you know, three, four, you know, four or five years down the road, you know, once COVID is lifted and everything like that, with everything there is to do in Vegas at night, or even during the day, can those sports teams hold the type that type of attendance like they've been having? Well, and, and here here's the and here's the piece of that though is with the the NFL, and, and I'll even throw NCAA in there. I mean, between UNLV and the Raiders, mm-hmm. there might be 15 home football games in a season mm-hmm. with the Vegas, you know, Golden Knights. There may be, or there, there's what, 40, you know, 41 home hockey 41, games in a season. Yeah, 41, yeah. I mean, I, I, th- I feel like it would be very difficult to sell. 81 home games of Major League Baseball in Las Vegas, especially if the stadium is open air and not a dome. Oh, where, it would almost have to be. Oh, have to yeah, be where, or at least yeah, at the least, it would have to be a retractable roof. retractable dome, right? Where where you're looking yeah. at, you know, you're looking at game time, you know, game time temperatures at 7:05 p.m. on the, you know, on the West Coast in in Las Vegas. At you know, one hundred and five, one hundred and ten degrees. Yeah, I mean, it would it's, be Arizona. It's, yeah, it'd be, it's you know similar to Arizona, where you'd have you'd absolutely have to have a a, a retractable dome for yeah. 
you know, June, July, August. Yeah. Now the question is, is like if, because I know there's been talk with about, you know, the A's moving to Las Vegas and other teams moving to Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. I think for them, if they were to do that, they would want to try and market to the locals instead of necessarily. No doubt. The, the tourists, they'd be like, this is your team. The, you know, this is mm-hmm. Las Vegas, which I think that's kind of what they did with the Knights. Right. Is it, they marketed to the locals and the fact that you have a team that their first year went to the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. That didn't hurt it either at all. You know, you have a team <laughs> not, that comes in. Not at all. <laughs> first year in the league, they go to the Stanley Cup. It's like. Right. Um, so, I mean, that well, would the, be. I mean. I'm a Jets fan, so I saw those games. Um, <laughs> here's the deal. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury at that time was a, is, was a surefire Hall of Famer, right? right. I mean, mm-hmm. you could have put Marc-Andre Fleury behind high schoolers, and, you, you know, you'd have had a fighting shot. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that there's a position – like that in baseball, right? No, there's there's absolutely not. Yeah. You no. know. Um, um, well, we, we, we talked a little bit about, uh, we already mentioned Las Vegas as a possible um, place for, what are some other like cities that you have heard or you think with either a realignment or moving around or possible expansion that you think could be good for baseball? Ooh, or is it possible, you know, Mexico City? No, well, I, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I, I can give you three, and Mexico City is absolutely number one. I think Ben, you, yeah. you nailed that one right out of the gate. Mexico mm. City is larger than Argentina. Um, it is a world city, mm-hmm. um, and it's a baseball city. Oh, very it, much so. It's a baseball yeah. city. It's a baseball city. Um, you you know that they um, look. Uh, Club America is a soccer team. I get I get that, but Club America is one of the most. Uh, it's a beloved soccer team all over the world. I mean, I live thousands of miles from Mexico City, and I can go to any restaurant, any mall, any whatever in my neck of the woods, and I can see Club America shirts. So. My thought is, look, they love baseball in Mexico. There's 30 million something people in Mexico City. Put a team in Mexico City. Well, look at the way that look at the way Mexico City came out for you know the the uh, World Baseball Classic games that were played there, and Mm -hmm. look at the way they've come out when the Raiders have played games in Mexico City. I mean, I think people in Mexico City are hungry for their own professional sports team. And I, I, and think, that's, I think that's an ideal fit. I think fit. they're also hungry for a team to come in there, a professional team from America, and to maybe in a way put, you know, I don't want to say put to bed or shine some light on, you know, the real Mexico. Because there's so much, you know, controversy about, oh, Mexico City's dangerous, Mexico City's dangerous. I think mm-hmm. a lot of the people there are looking like, this is what Mexico City. Let's let's shine a light on the good side of Mexico City. Yep. On the good, you know, the passion of the fans, the passion of the people, the you know, um. So yeah, 
So yeah, that's actually the other thing I was gonna I was gonna ask is do you guys you know you kind of answered my question about you know baseball moving out of the USA Canada region and I think Hugh just answered my question there with Mexico City now the bigger I, I, question I, was, I I can't see them I can't see them expanding overseas yet yeah but I could I could see them going to Mexico City I could see them possibly going to San Juan. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see them possibly attempting a second team in Canada, though I don't know that they would go back to Montreal. But I don't think they're going overseas. I think if they're going to go to Canada again, Vancouver would be the most likely um, target. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Because you already have Seattle right there, so you have a natural rival. Mm-hmm. With Seattle being right there, um, I think they're even mm-hmm. talking about. I think there was talk about them wanting to build about building a stadium, like a state of the art stadium, right there. Um, well, it's it's interesting though that you you sort of targeted that area of the the continent because I'm also a big believer that if Major League Baseball does attempt to expand again, um, one of the cities that they really have to look at, aside from Vancouver, is Portland. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that the, whole the, northwest area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the two cities that are are would be most on my radar are, are two cities that have supported minor league baseball for years and years and years, and are probably ready for major league teams. And that would be Portland and Charlotte. Hmm. I agree. I think both of those are. Yeah, and both of them. I mean, you have built in rivalries you know with like we already said with portland you have seattle right there right um you have if the a's for whatever reason stayed oakland oakland's not you know the bay area is not that far from portland relatively speaking mm-hmm. so you have you have you know two potential rivals right there and with charlotte i mean hello the braves right <laughs> i mean it's yeah, it's Braves to the north, or Braves to the south, and Washington to the north. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, the team that seems to be the rival of every team in the NL, NL East, you know, the, the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are, are there any other cities that you guys sort of think come to mind that are, you know, realistic? I mean, other Memphis. than... Um... Oh, Memphis. That's a good Memphis. one. I think Memphis. I mean you already have you already have yeah, the Memphis Redbirds, you already have you know, minor league team right there. So yeah, Memphis, I think it's a it's they've proven that they can have I think that's that's one thing you when you look at cities that potential for a new major league team, I think one of the things you have to look at is do they have success with other major franchises and i think right. portland the answer is yes you mm-hmm. you have um you have the trailblazers in the nba the um the timbers in in, mm-hmm. ML, in major league soccer both which are you know good with right um, and wildly wildly popular too memphis doesn't have any professional teams but nashville does i think nashville's another potential place Ben, you know, is that what you was that what you were starting to say, say nashville? nashville i was gonna say nashville i was yeah, yeah. I'm really impressed by the Nashville city. I think Nashville yeah. is um, 
you're going to get the tourist dollar. I mean, that's important. Mm -hmm. Uh, the thing I would say, the cautionary tale I would say to to Nashville and to Charlotte is, so Nashville is significantly smaller than Atlanta, like mm -hmm. significantly smaller. And I forget how much bigger Atlanta is from Charlotte. But the point is, the point I'm trying to make is, if you take a major league baseball team where you have 81 home dates year after year, mm -hmm. right? You're going to have to have people coming in. You're going to have to have a relationship with this team. Right. So I would see maybe not an expansion, maybe a relocation. Uh, you could catch some pre existing fan base that might have had to relocate or what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's um, all valid points. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, because I think I think the elephant in the room that we haven't talked about in this episode yet is when you're talking about Tampa, you're in the same time zone as New York, mm -hmm. right? Now, mm -hmm. it's cheaper. I don't know if you know this, but it's cheaper to stream MLB.com than it is to buy cable. Yeah. Right? Right. So that's the elephant in the room with Tampa and Miami is that you have a lot of transplants and you give them expansion teams. And why do you go to a baseball game? In our first episode with me and John, what did we talk about? We talked about why we love baseball. What did right. both of us say? We love baseball because of our fathers and grandfathers. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I submit to you that if you didn't turn up to the baseball game with your father and or grandfather, you're probably not going to go to it as an adult. <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Absolutely accurate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, I, I have three more that I can, can give you guys too, but they're probably all, what I would call smaller scale or B tier cities. Although to, to your point, Ben getting away from the Eastern time zone, um, I would give you little rock, Santa Fe and Salt Lake city. I think of all those Salt Lake city would, I think has the biggest, the best chance. They just mm -hmm. seem like a city Agreed. that has more of the infrastructure and more of, um, and San Antonio too. I mean, San Antonio is a good. You said San, you said Santa Fe. I said Santa Fe, right? As in New yeah. Mexico, but yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with you. Salt Lake City is a very progressive city, and in terms of the infrastructure, and could they, you know, could they support a major league baseball team? I I think you're you hit the nail on the head with that. I think they they would out of the three that I gave you, they're probably the best option. But but again, I go back to the whole, you know, Santa Fe and Little Rock have supported minor league baseball wildly mm -hmm. for decades. And, yeah. you know, they if there is a shot to be given to a smaller city like that, they, they're certainly, you know, deserving of the opportunity. Yeah, because I think most of the most of like your big, big cities, you know, with maybe a few exceptions already have. Major League Baseball. The only ones I can think of that don't 
of what I talk about, like a big city I'm talking about, a city that is well over a million people. Right. It'd be you're, like you're, San you're Antonio. Talking, you're talking about top 100, like market size. Yeah. 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 You know, San Antonio is the only one I can think of that doesn't have a baseball team. Yeah, a, well, you know, a major San, league baseball team. San Antonio, Charlotte, Portland, but we already we yeah. covered Charlotte and Portland already. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma City is another one. Yeah. I mean, and they've yeah. supported minor league baseball for forever, but yeah. Um, but do you, you think know, with no, like no with major, San, no with, major leagues there? But oh. but but here's the thing: like Oklahoma City, you know, between. The the Royals, the Cardinals, and the two teams in Texas, mm-hmm. you know, does Oklahoma City need a baseball team? Yeah, and you can say the same thing about San Antonio. You know, you mm-hmm. have, what is it now, three? Is it two or three teams in Texas? You have the Tex, you have the Rangers and the Astros. Correct, yeah. Um, That's it. But then again, Texas is a big state, so right. could Texas support three teams? You know, California does. California supports four, no five, 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 five teams, yeah. and right. Texas California, is a lot Texas, bigger than than California. Texas is also going to surpass California in population. I mm. think. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I really believe that. Oh um, yeah, there's no, not, yeah, no doubt. No, go ahead, Ben. No, I'm, I, I was just going to say another another one would be New Orleans. Not to be all historical on you, but when we had expansion before, when we had the beginning of the expansion era before, mm-hmm. the fe- the the owners of the day, um, basically because Bill Veck made them, right? Mm-hmm. Bill Veck forced these people to get with the idea that air conditioning was a thing, <laughs> and air conditioning was causing people to move south. Okay. So what is going to be the technology that's going to take some people and because that's why expansion happened because people moved to where they weren't before. Right. Right. So what's going to be that technology or that whatever that forces people or causes people to move somewhere where they're not, because that's what you're talking about. Right. I mean, you know. Well, then it then it then it becomes a geopolitical thing, as in, you know, on top of a sports thing. Well, it was always. I mean, it was always kind of a geopolitical thing, but you know, it, there was a generation of of men um, because they all they were all men. There was a generation of men that believed that baseball made your town better. Like mm-hmm. you put it on the map. So that's why you had these towns run out to build, essentially to build stadiums on spec, right? Like Fulton County in Atlanta was built totally on spec. There was not a team in sight and they built, you know, the old, if you build it, they will come. Right. Sort of, sort of adage. I don't think we live in that day now. No, <laughs> no, not at all. You know, I don't. Um, now you're you're not going to see a city build a you know billion dollar baseball stadium without a commitment from a major league team mm-hmm. 
or, or commitment from a you know from Major League Baseball that they will expand there. It's just not going yeah. to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the cautionary tale was Buffalo. Buffalo built a, a stadium that they uh, that they could have expanded into a major league uh, into a major league situation, and they just never did. Yeah. Yeah, and, so, and now and now look what's happening. They yeah, right. you know they actually need to play major league baseball games in Buffalo, mm-hmm. and the stadium still isn't what they consider up to major league standards to the point where they actually had the Blue Jays play their home games in Florida for the first six weeks of the season yeah. so that they could improve the stadium in Buffalo with lighting and additional space in the clubhouses and this, that, and the other thing, mm-hmm. you know, now granted, I, I, I am a, uh, call it a convenient beneficiary of that because the Buffalo AAA team is essentially uprooted for the entire season and they're playing their home games 20 minutes from my house. So I, I've been able to uh, been able to see some AAA baseball already this year, but awesome. Um, you know, it's it, 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 I mean, Ben, you hit the nail on the head with Buffalo that you know they built a a minor league stadium with the idea that all they needed to do was add a third deck, and they were major league ready. But then they never kept up with it, and when a major league team was ready to play there. They they kind of you know STB a little bit, yeah, right. I mean, I would I would say the most realistic the two most realistic likely cities are I would say uh, uh, not what's the real Las Vegas and um, Mexico City or Portland. Yeah, but um, yeah, I know. think I think so too. I kind of agree with that, just because, especially yeah. with with Vegas, they've already they've already talked about Vegas. Vegas is already on the lips of a lot of people. Um, I would say, just because again, it's been on the lips of people. I know that they they have plans for the you know they've shown drawings of plans for the stadium would be. Um, Vancouver and uh, and Mexico City too. I think those are the top three most likely to get uh, new teams. Now, if I'm not mistaken, so. at least with Las Vegas, don't they actually have a site in mind as well? I thought, and again, I I may be mistaken with this, but I I thought the I thought the um, the grounds that was the old Rio uh, Rio Hotel and Suites was closed and demolished, and that site was essentially reserved by the city of Las Vegas to be the location of their, you know, as yet to be named baseball stadium. Yeah. If that yeah. you know, if that does come to fruition. Yeah. Now, with the way real estate is in Las Vegas. You know, who knows how long that particular parcel of land goes un, you know, un, undeveloped before, you know, the city and whoever owns that property moves on. Yeah. But I, I think Vegas is ready to jump. Yeah. 
I do think the one thing that I hope, though, and uh, is, and I don't think they will, would just because of the historic nature of the team, but you can't change the, na- the the team colors or the name of the A's. If the A's move to Vegas, they have to be the Las Vegas A Athletics. There's no way you can change that Kelly Green and that historic A logo. I mean, yeah. You have no, to I, 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 I think you can get away with that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think I mean, they've, already, they've already moved what three times already. So right. they're the Philly, right. Philly, Kansas City, and then Oakland. So yeah, yeah, right. But, it, I, here, here, but here's the the element of that though that um sort of goes hand in hand with what you're talking about is picture Las Vegas Athletics merchandise, not necessarily mm-hmm. the uniforms themselves. But merchandise in dollar bill green and gold coin gold. Ooh. Because that's all about, you know, Vegas is all about that money. Yeah. So, I mean, the merchandising opportunities in versions of the team colors that already exist, it's a gold mine. No pun intended. Well, I mean, but I'm just thinking about like, you know, I, you know, I don't think any of us is old enough to remember, you know, even the Kansas City Athletics. So the A's have been in Oakland for years. Right. And, I mean, to me it's just, like, I know it seems like it's almost inevitable with the way things are going there, you know, the way the state, how bad the stadium is. It almost seems inevitable that the A's will move at some point. But it just seems... it. Almost unbelievable that we could see a situation in a few years where there is no Oakland athletics. Like, it just boggles my mind that it would be like saying, oh, yeah, you know, next season there's going to be no Los Angeles Dodgers. Like, they become so ingrained in my psyche. It's just like, well, yeah, there's always going to be the Oakland athletics. Why wouldn't there be the Oakland days? Right. So it's I mean, just they've, they've been in Oakland for I'm assuming all of our lifetimes. Yeah, yeah. Why can't you just um maybe I mean you've got all this money and all this tech money. Right? Why can't you I mean look what they did with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Look what all that money did with the Warriors and, and the Sharks. Why can't you do that with the A's? I mean, seriously. What's stopping them? Well, they, what's stopping them, that's the problem, is that the the Warriors essentially move to San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, the Sharks are in San Jose. It's not, it's not the Bay Area per se. It's the city of Oakland. The, yeah. the actual city of Oakland just, for whatever reason, will not support the sports teams there. And, you know, the, the Raiders, you know, Raiders left there twice. You know, they, they were there, they left and went to Los Angeles, they came back and they left and went to Las Vegas. They're not going to come yeah. back there a third time. No. Not not unless there is a, you know, brand new state-of-the-art football-only stadium built there, you know, 20 years from now. Yeah. But I, I think the, the issue with the, you know, with the A's is just, frankly, it's the city of Oakland. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean Ben, to your point... It was the old, you know, Oakland Alameda County Coliseum where the, you know, where the Warriors played. It was literally right next door 
to, uh, or was it the, uh, the Oracle arena was right next door to the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. They, I mean, they were, they basically shared a parking lot the way so many cities have their, you know, quote unquote sports complexes. And Mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the warriors were just like, see, we, we, we've got the downtown San Francisco building waiting for us, state of the art and San Francisco is going to support us. So bye-bye. Yeah. 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 Well, guys, we're coming up to the, it is, it, it is that, that is an entirely, I think that's an entirely different show. Is yeah. looking at just why certain cities just can't get behind their sports teams, yeah. whether it's you know whether it's the fans, the politics, the you know the weather, the geography, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. That that's a that's a fascinating topic for yeah. another time. Yeah. Well, guys, we're coming up to the one hour mark here, uh, so. Um, I think this has been a good, fun, fun discussion, uh, and we look forward to the. Yeah, well, let's 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 do that next week. Let's talk about what you just said, Mike, about that why sounds certain like an teams. awesome idea. Yeah, yeah. Why can't uh, Team X be supported by people Y? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Excellent. Uh, so, Mike, why don't you tell people where they can find you at on the interweb? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Big Mikey Smalls. That's B-I-G-M-I-K-E-Y-S-M-A-L-L-Z. You can also find me on Facebook at Michael Mataraki, M-A-T-E-R-A-C-K-Y. And Ben, where can people find you at? I am the History Voyager podcast. You can find me at uh, thehistoryvoyager.podbean.com. I am also at charlie benz on twitter and you know i do a pretty good history deep dive podcast and also we're doing interviews um so anyway um what about you john where can they find you well you can find me a lot of different places i am on twitter at john mark tolly one because i'm of course the number one john mark tolly on twitter uh facebook is Mark T- Mark Tolly. Uh, just search for my name. You'll see the picture of me, my lovely daughter, and lovely wife there. Uh, you can also hear me each and every week on my other podcast, War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast, uh, where we talk about all things Star Wars. And uh, that is about it. Um, we have an email here. You can email us at uh, MLPod for I can never remember where our email. I gotta remember that. I have to remember. Twitter was MLPod four. MLPod four. I believe. So. I believe you're right. Yeah. And uh, uh, we're yes. gonna we're, ML. No, it's MLPodcast 2021 is our is our email. Um, we're gonna be up on Anchor and on my Podbean. Yes. Yes. And uh, all like that. Okay, boys, I'm going to unhook the recording.